To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. The lifetime supply of chocolate for Charlie. When does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What rules? We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong. Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if, and you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc., fax mentis incendium gloria culpum, etc., etc., memo bis punitor delicatum. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Park Studios. Happy Sunday, everybody. I don't know if you're watching sports or not, but as you can tell, I definitely aren't. Ain't, aren't, isn't, wasn't, whatever, gonna, una. Uh, I'm streaming live from the Spare Part Studios, enjoying my coffee as normal, and what am I on, like the third cup this morning? It's good to be alive. Um, I don't know if you guys ever, as far as coffee goes, obviously, because it's the part of this podcast. Oh, I'm also starting the Cafe Dumont Dark Roast. Um, I actually like the chicory. I think it is chicory, chicory. I don't know. I'd have to figure out how to say it, but... I like that a little bit better. It definitely had a heavy, heavy fla- uh, flavor to it. But if you go to, like, I know some people, they want to do coconut cream because maybe they're vegan. Or they like, two per- first of all, 2%, don't waste your time. Skim milk, don't waste your time. Whole milk, okay, fine. Half and half, even better. Whole cream, fantastic. But if you don't want your, uh, if you don't want your cream from a cow, you can go with coconut cream. If you go into like the Asian food section where like the spices are, there's usually a can there, and it just says the one says coconut milk, or, or there's one that says like coconut cream or unsweetened coconut cream. If you go, if you grab that can, which is like I don't know two bucks, you take that, bring that home. First of all, you gotta use a can opener to open it, obviously. But if you open that, just just a little FYI for you coffee drinkers, all right? It's important that you try that. Give it a shot. I think you'll thank me for it. Or maybe you won't. Whatever. I don't know what to tell you. The um, the idea that if you open that up, you take that out, you're going to just see a huge, unless it's like hot out where you are and the can is liquefied, it's just going to be a big, solid glob of coconut cream. And they use like a little guar gum, which I think is like a uh, emulsifier or something like that. But it's basically just all coconut cream. What you do is you take a knife around the edge of it and you just kind of give it like a, you break that seal 
Then you scoop that out. At the very bottom of that can, be careful, though, because it's all coconut, like, milk. The milk from the coconut, you know? So just be careful when you... I don't want you to make... I don't want you to make a mess, you know? I like to keep things clean, and I'm hoping that you can do the same thing. But the idea that if you just take all that out, so you get the glob out, and then you get the actual milk out, then you take that with a spoon and just mix, like, vigorously mix it. Vigorously? Vigorously. Spoon or fork or whatever. You mix that all together... And you have like an actual cream cream. And then put that in your coffee. And it will mix. It actually, coconut cream mixed up compared to coconut milk is actually better. Flavor-wise, texture-wise, and I think, um, I'm going to say nutrition-wise, it would probably, it would be better for you. Because you're literally, you're just getting coconut cream and maybe guar gum. Whereas with coconut milk, you're getting something more processed with more uh, additional ingredients. Where if you're just looking for the basic, uh, the basic ingredients, the basic stuff that you were looking for in the can or in the product, you would want to go with the coconut cream. And believe me, it just I think on all different levels it is better. So I would just wherever section is, I think there's a company called like it's like Thai Kick Thai Kitchen makes it uh, as far as I know there may be some other off-label brands or whatever but check that out Thai kitchen or something like that and just look for coconut cream and then scoop all that stuff out spin it together vigorously and then you can throw it in the fridge and it lasts for a while but it's really it really brings a different body to your coffee if you're like a fan of drinking like whole milk coffee or full creamer coffee this is about as good as it gets so Anyway, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, or if you just want to be my friend and chat about Conor McGregor, you can uh, contact me at Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can go ahead and request me there. Uh, and then Minds.com, and which I don't go on much. I don't, I don't this, The social media stuff is kind of blasé. So I don't invest too much time in it. I don't care if I get likes. I don't mind if I get views on my videos, though, that's for sure. Um, let's see. So what do I have for a Sunday leftovers? I got ranking veggie chips by how healthy they are. I got gym etiquette, which I think is going to be one that we have to dive into. Also a couple movies that I wanted to review really quickly. Not really quickly. Maybe I'll take my time with them. It's Sunday leftovers. Get in, get out, get on with your life. And if I'm really that into it, maybe we'll do a Q&A. Mm. I'm definitely going to do me some of this coffee. That's for sure. Do me some coffee. Oh. Actually, I'll start off with, um, what do I want to do? I want to do whatever I want. Oh, okay. Big thing. If you go to YouTube.com, check out Positive Sarcasm Podcast. You'll see all my podcast clips from this from this show, obviously not any other show. You're not going to see, you know, H3H3 on here. But you will, if you go to Positive Sarcasm Podcast, you can subscribe there. You can check all the video clips out that I post from my Instagram channel. Oh, but now you can go to the pot. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, my main YouTube channel, Positive Sarcasm. There's a new video that I just put up. Uh, I went to jail uh, Thursday. Yeah, I actually went to an actual jail, but I wasn't in handcuffs. I was actually holding a mic. I was actually holding a video camera. There was a graduation for a nonprofit organization that I work with, and the idea was they were pairing. They hand selected. Well, first of all, the nonprofit. Let me try to do this properly here. You know, being a businessman and all. <laughs> That's me. The idea that. This uh, nonprofit organization, their goal, their plan, everything they've done then since day one is they res- they take rescue dogs, okay? They train them, they get them all ready for the world, and then they pair them up specifically with uh, uh, veterans or first responders, okay? That's that's one of the things they do. They also work with local police departments to, to uh, have comfort dogs or support dogs available in case of traumatic uh, or trauma areas or whatnot. And it's been quite the experience working with them over the past two and a half years. I've been I've I first uh, started working with them uh, back in 2017, I think. Yeah, let's go with that. And now over the years, it's been cool to, you know, been be through all these adventures with them. So the dogs, the dogs are great. They're rescue dogs. They find them from all over the country. And then the veterans. That's also they. They pair them up, you know, as they do with their standards. So that's, you can go to heropups.com and you can uh, look through their information. You can contact them. You can ask them questions, volunteer, donate. This one was about, uh, I ha- they were doing a pilot program. It's not really a pilot program anymore, though, because they've successfully gone through like uh, two or three different uh, 
graduations of taking certain inmates that are hand selected and pairing them up with these with these animals and having the inmates train them and work with them and because you know these it's important for these inmates to have something to focus on something to look forward to something you know to have a purpose in life you don't just go in there for whatever reason and then come back out and that it just doesn't work like that there has to it's there's a reason it's called corrections we're trying to correct something we're trying to correct an error i mean one of the best ways to uh correct something like that is well here's an here's an animal that has a real has a true purpose in life and why don't you work with that animal and see what you can do while you're in here and then if you you know if you want to get out or i'm assuming let's just say you're going to get out this is one thing that you can put uh Something you can take away with a sense of pride, something you can focus on continuously, something that will just it will give you function when you when you see the when you know when you see freedom again. So I was doing I was there this weekend working with HP, getting uh they let me in with my video camera and I was able to get some interesting footage and I mean I was only there for a few hours, but the idea of being in there and seeing these people face to face and trying to understand the the, just, just different angles of what was going on. I was pretty much the only media there. It was a snow day. We got slammed with a, like five to eight inches. That's what she said. And um, we really did. There was no other media there. I don't know why there wasn't any media there. And that's not for me to really know or care. You know what? To me, it's their loss if they didn't show up for whatever reason. Okay. But the idea that I was the one there capturing the moment and I spent the entire Saturday just editing up a, a few minutes, a nice little snack for you guys to check out. You can see some of the name, not the names, but the faces, and uh, a little bit of the um, the amount of people it can take to put a program like this together. So I, I don't get into too many details about it. It's just sort of like a glimpse at the program from an outside perspective, and you get to see some of the dogs as well. Uh, but go ahead and just check that out on my on my YouTube channel, Positive Sarcasm. You can see it's just a few minutes of your time. Um, it's it's actually a nice way to start the uh, new year off when it comes to making videos on YouTube again. Because I've been kind of out of it since I dropped the cyberpunk stuff. Um, but it, like I said, it's fuck. It's cold out, man. It's cold out. I just want to. I just want to stay inside and 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 not deal with. It. Plus, January is a great financial month for me. So I I focus solely on that i've been upgrading my gear and so far so good my gear has been working out tremendously 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 so i've been focused on that uh the new computer is coming along nicely i did some repair work on it it had i had to it was a little battery here's the thing on these dell 5 series imagine this you have this computer with all, you have this laptop with all these parts, and inside this computer, there's this one little piece of of cable that's about three inches long and maybe a couple millimeters wide, and it's the piece it's the one piece that attaches to your to the charger to the adapter, so you have to take that little plug out from the inside and then put in a new one, and a new one costs like three dollars online on eBay. The problem is is it's deep within the laptop to the very core of the laptop so you have to unscrew all the on this computer on this laptop anyways you have to unscrew like 30 screws on the bottom then you got to pop out the then you got to pop out the keyboard which is on the top and then you have to like once you pop out that you have to unscrew you have to pull out a couple cables that are attached to like the keyboard attached to the, the actual processor board and then you have to pop off another random cable you have to take the battery out of course before you do any of this and then also once you pop off a couple more screws then you got to take that knife and you got to pop the plastic off just so you don't break enough of the hinges so once you pop that off and then once you've gotten down to the actual processor and you unscrew a couple of the motherboard screws you pop those out finally at the very end you're able to see that little cable then you gotta un unscrew two more things to get to that cable and gently just pull the board up just enough so you can reach the port that it's plugged into pop that out without breaking the motherboard and then pop a new one in and at the same time it's got a cd it's an old school because it's got it's got a cd player so you got to pop that all out or you, and then you got to pop that back in, and it's the biggest pain in the ass ever. It's the biggest pain in the ass ever because it, it's it. You got to pop the cable back in once you once you you have to insert the CD player back in, 
plug it in, and then you got to figure out how to screw the fucking thing in. But it's got three screws on the outside of it, so it locks in place so it doesn't just keep falling out. It's just a, a it's just a mess. It's just a total mess. I, there's got to be an easier way to make these things. But once I figured that out, I fig- it, it solved one of three problems. So my issue is with this laptop. This is going to be computer number uh, nine. Once I, f- I finish that cable, that cable's done. So I ran a test, and it turns out it was not... If, if the cable was good or bad, I'm not sure. I tested the, it uh, from the new test I ran... I think the cable it was actually bad, so popping a new one in was probably a good thing for a few bucks, and not breaking anything was also helpful. So I ran a new test to see if there was any voltage issues. Now it's telling me the battery is at the end of its life, so now i got to buy a new battery, which is not a big deal either. That's also a $10 part. Considering the value of the computer itself, it's worth investment. The computer itself is working great, okay, it, it, as far as where it is right now, but... It's also got an older hard drive. It's got one of those hard drives that still has the disks in it, and you, you got to spin it. It's called an HDD. So it actually has hard disks in there. So that's comparative. Compare If you compare that to the new drives that are in most computers nowadays, it's significantly slower. And I ordered one. The thing is, you can order one of these hard drives for $30, $30 to $40, and it'll have all the space that you'll need if you're somebody like me who has a server and you're not storing everything on just one computer. If I wanted to spend an extra 30 bucks, I could have got a much larger one, but this was perfect. So, and it'll bring it right up to date. It'll increase the speed dramatically. And it's already a fast enough machine. And then I'll pop, and then I have, I mean, any OS I want. I can put two different OSs on it, like I explained last week's podcast. I can put Windows 7 on there and Ubuntu, or I can put Windows 10 on there, which I don't think I will. Because what's the point? They're both in uh, Windows 7 and both Windows 10, in my opinion, are not secured. To me, they're both vulnerable to, to hacker attacks. So that being said, um, can't believe I've been chatting about technology for the past 10 minutes. Hey, look at me now. So once that's done, I'll pop the new I'll pop the new hard drive in. It'll make it way faster. I'll install a software, I'll install Windows 7 on it just to give it a good speed test. And then if the battery replacement goes well and it turns out that it's the ace the the charger, the actual adapter, I'll replace that with a with a more powerful one and then that'll be that. And I already have the software that I need to test on this computer, so it'll be great. And then I can really do more stuff as far as extending my skills as far as video editing and stuff like that cuz the one I have right now it's horribly slow, horribly slow. So you can um you can go to my YouTube channel. You can check that and check that shit out. But I don't put a lot of tech stuff up on there. It'll just be I'm looking forward to new concepts and other things I'll be working on. And I'm also getting my dates ready for earlier this year, spring. Uh, maybe some bodybuilding stuff. Maybe um, northern New Hampshire for a wedding, and then uh, we'll see what else is coming up. But I haven't really focused on that. I have been focusing on the movies I've been watching lately. I didn't get a chance to talk about all the movie reviews that I had previously set up for la- for a few podcasts ago, forever and ever ago. But I did check out, last night I watched Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. It was just one of those situations where I was f- finished editing for the most part. I just had a couple of things to go over. I took, decided to take a break because you can only stare at, you can only stare at this shit for so long. And then you eventually got to take a break. You got to eat some food. And But I did watch, you know what's funny is, Willy Wonka, when did that movie come out? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The one with Gene Wilder. Oh, 1971. Uh, the original writer, the original book was by Roald Dahl. He wrote this, but he also wrote the screenplay for the movie, and of course, wrote the book. Makes sense. Directed by Mel Stewart. Uh, I forgot how good that movie actually is. I, I, and there's a lot of people talk shit about the grandpa, and I think there was actually some meta, some metaphorical stuff behind it. He was like a lazy prick in the beginning, who kind of just lays there with his wife, and then as soon as he gets, the, he, his son gets the goal, his grandson gets the golden ticket he all of a sudden jumps out of bed after a a couple you know leans forward leans back leans right leans left and then he starts dancing around throws on his throws on his best polyester suit and goes rocking out to the to the chocolate factory the idea that um there's there's a lot of like what do you call it there's a lot of metaphor behind the whole thing commercializing advertising it's trippy as hell the whole the some of the parts in the movie when they go through that tunnel it's it's a very interesting flick. A lot of it nowadays, I don't think would clear like for kids. 
just because people are so sent, you know, they're bulldozer parents or helicopter parents now that I don't know some of the stuff that, I mean, there's a, there's a scene where a chicken gets its head chopped off and like a, a big ass millipede or centipede is crawling over the top of somebody's head. There's some weird shit in this movie. Uh, but it's overall, and then the kids, all of a sudden, they're all greedy little shits. You got the I want an Oompa Loompa Now girl. And you've got the, the blueberry chick. You've got, um, you've got the wet, the Western watching gunfighter kid. And then you've got the German kid who falls into the chocolate. I will off most your kids and I'll toss them down a chocolate dumpster. But most of Gene Wilder. I think compared to the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's a lot of people say they didn't like the new one. I didn't mind it, but then again, it wasn't a movie I went out of my way to watch. But this is one of the best. I, I can't call it a kid's movie. This is just a weird, trippy movie. Back in the 70s, there was plenty of them. Uh, but I it is, I don't want to give it a rating, it is, but it, as far as for that movie, it's a classic. It's as good as you're going to get. And if you are okay, which you should be, about showing it to your kids, I would highly recommend it. It's one of the better movies that came out in the 70s i don't even want to give it a a genre as far as it's it's a fantasy it, the musical stuff is what makes this movie really good in my opinion is the fact that it's the musical stuff is light it's it's light it's not overbearing it's not oh here comes a musical here comes a musical it has a lot of dialogue and there's a lot of life lessons in there so I mean, ch- check it out. It came out in 1971. It still it still holds up, and G. Wilder's fantastic in it. But as far as the creepiness factor, we can go down another level if we want. I checked out 2010's Black Swan, a movie I've been dying to see for the for well, I guess nine years now. It was dark. This movie sets the standard for the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. It sets the standard of going down that rabbit hole of darkness and creepiness and self destruction and let's see black swan 2010 it's not that long either it's an hour and 48 minutes Uh, a committed dancer because she's a ballerina type thing a committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after the winning the lead role in a production of tchaikovsky's swan lake uh tchaikovsky's swan lake is about a a girl uh, struggling with the white swan and the black swan basically and having an internal struggle and she ends up killing herself and there's a lot of and the parallels in the actual uh, production, the Tchaikovsky production, basically are running through the theme of this movie. It's dark. There's some uncomfortable scenes, some toe, some toenail pulling. Uh, it you get a lot of respect for the the you know the dancers in general, but there's a lot of corruption. There's some gross sexual, not gross, uncomfortable sexual stuff in there. Obviously, there's a there's the lead dude who has like that complex uh so there's that going on natalie portman's awesome and mila kunis is awesome that's where she met her husband actually not mila kunis um what's what's her face uh natalie portman she met her husband on the set of benjamin uh, of on the set of benjamin millipede on the set of swan fucking whatever you call it black swan so this movie was great, though. It's uncomfortable. It goes down a rabbit hole. It's a little more dainty than Joker because of the fact that it takes place um, in a studio with people dancing for a classic. So it's got it's a little more filtered, but it's 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 rough. It's uncomfortable. Joker, I never turned away. I never turned away from the screen. This movie, I kind of was like I was cringing because it was there was some moments that I felt to be uncomfortable, not wrong or or inappropriate just this was a tough one but awesome with an with an uh, an awesome ending that comes full circle and makes perfect sense great production uh i know there's some controversy with the director i think there was darren aronofsky apparently he did some shit um but i'm not you know that's i'm gonna leave it at that you guys can go and, and google at what's going on with that uh but great movie i gave it five stars you should check it out i think it's on like amazon prime or hulu or something so go and check that out oh you know what who else is in that natalie portman obviously you know who she is she was in annihilation which was fabulous mila kunis we all knew mila kunis is. she's on family guy she's on a bunch of others vincent castle who who was vincent castle i think he was in was he in like oceans 12 or something he's a friend he's like a french actor he's really good he plays the dancing instructor Okay, 
Barbara Hershey, she's uh, she was in what was Barbara Hershey in? She was in uh, Last of the Dogmen. She was also in oh that horror movie which I loved, Insidious Chapter One. I think she was also in Chapter Two, but she was in that. She played the mom. That was really good. Winona Ryder is in it. She is the she is one of the uh, what do you call it? She's the the dancer who's past her prime. And then Benjamin Millipede, and then a couple other actors and actresses that... Oh, Sebastian Stan, I guess, is in it. Sebastian Stan plays... This is before he played the Winter... I think... Yeah, this is before he became the Winter Soldier in the Marvel Comics. So, that was 2010. Five stars. I absolutely love it. You guys can go and check it out, but just be wary. It is R-rated. And it's R-rated for a reason. So, coconut coffee. Mm. And after... So, the last movie I wanted to review... Uh, what are we at? Twenty four minutes. This is an in and out, in and outy podcast. This is Sunday leftover, so I get it in, I get it out, and I get on with my day. We're not going an hour. After Dunkirk, a lot of people raved about Dunkirk. I didn't enjoy watching Dunkirk. I maybe I should watch it again. Maybe, maybe I should check it out again because when I first saw it, I was kind of underwhelmed. The emotion didn't hit me like a lot of other World War II type of movies did, um, or war movies in general. So like Full Metal Jacket or Platoon or Saving Private Ryan or The Thin Red Line. You know, even Wind Talkers, for God's sakes. But Dunkirk, even though for all of its cinematography, the timing aspect of it, it and the fact that the director of Interstellar uh, and The Dark Knight, what's his name, Christopher Nolan, was behind it, it just it didn't click for me. It just felt like it was something, it felt like something was significantly missing from the whole thing. So I was really hesitant when 1917 came out. It was directed by Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes did uh, 007 Skyfall, which was a terrific movie. Okay, It was one of the better Bond movies I've seen in a long... It's actually probably one of the top five Bond movies of all time, I would say. I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that point at all. Uh, and I thought all the Pierce Brosnan movies were spectacular. I even liked Quantum of Solace. I think Quantum of Solace had a lot of redeeming vo- values. Um, the last one I saw was really good too. I'm not, apparently I'm not going to even want to deal with the new one that's coming out because, I mean, they're going with the whole woke thing, so I'm all done with that shit. 1917, though, is not about World War II. It's about World War One. This one, a uh, couple of actors that I don't know. There's a couple of, like, big-name actors that play, like, uh, dudes in command, dudes in charge, but that's okay. This one is about two young British soldiers during the First World War that are given an impossible mission. Deliver a message deep within enemy territory that will stop 1,600 men, one of those the soldiers' brothers, uh, from walking straight into a deadly trap. Now, World War I was set up where you had, it was trench warfare, okay? It was an archaic way of doing battle. And I'm just going to, from a from an actual standpoint of victory, because you had, all you, did, you had trenches on one side where the, where the Brits were, uh, the Brits, the French, the Americans, you had, the, the Americans didn't enter the war until 1917 anyways. And then the Germans on one side, I think it was the Germans and like the Austrians and the Ottomans, something like that. Okay. And I don't, I know the basics of World War One. I. I don't know which, I don't know the, the actual, all of the countries involved. We'll just keep it simple. But it was all in trenches. And there was the use of mustard gas. There was horses, tons of horses. Uh, and in the middle, you had this place called No Man's Land. No Man's Land, you couldn't really see anything. There was no protective. There wasn't a lot of protective cover. There was huge ditches, or what do you, uh, not ditches, but um, uh, what do you fucking, what do you want to call them? The bombs hit them, craters. Huge craters that were so big that if you fell in them, you probably couldn't get out because of the explosions. It was just, it was horrific. And the amount of men lost in World War One was a severe, a severe number. So but these guys have, these two dudes have to run through no man's land and uncharted uh, towns that have been beaten to shit in order to get to this front line where 1,600 men are about to, about to do a full charge. And the Germans had pulled back specifically to set the trap so that when these guys do, when these dudes come charging out, the Germans would just mow them all down. And what makes this movie so good is the fact that it looks like it's basically shot all in one take. Maybe one, but but I can see in certain parts where it wasn't. It was, it was, 
it transitioned over or it stops and moves to a different spot. But the whole movie is basically done following these two soldiers where if you're just imagine these two shoulder soldiers just running through no man's land and the cameraman is just doing circles around them the whole time, never stopping. And these guys can't stop either. They only got till the morning to stop to get the message over there to halt the attack to Benedict Cumberbatch, who is the colonel, I think, that's leading the charge. So you just see the Cameron is basically following him through no man's land. So it has that that hint of terror as these guys are running through. You can't see anything. You don't know if the Germans are there or not there. You don't know where they're go- where they're walking into, what traps there are going to be laid out for them, and they're just essentially running blind. And there's some tra- obviously tragedy along the way, but it is an it's a pretty stripped down but epic war movie. It it's only epic in like the beginning and like the end. The middle is just about those two just going off into the unknown. And then what happens at the end? Well, you have to go see the movie. Now, it wasn't as emotional as other World War movies I've seen, but the daringness of the cinematography of the the near one shot take, um, the acting, and then the the attempt to do a World War One movie ha- gives me has me giving it a ton of points, and I really liked it. I en- I enjoyed it, and I think for its cinematography, it's gonna win a few awards. Not that it really matters. Wards are mostly bullshit anyways. I got five of them. They don't do anything more. I mean, they just sit on the shelf just because I don't have enough stuff for my shelves. I gave it four out of five stars. I loved I loved the directing angle. I liked the characters. Enjoyed it. The only thing that really didn't do it for me was it wasn't enough emotion. But, oh, and also, here's the thing. I went to the movie theater there, and I accidentally screwed up when I went to purchase my tickets because it was reserved seating. So you go and you pick your spot where you want to sit. So I'm, I pick a, I pick the seat. I usually like to sit in the way back in the corner so nobody really sits next to me. Or if they do, there's not only person on one side and none on the other. And, of course, I you know even though I didn't want to get anything, I ended up buying like $14, which is like you know two raisinets worth of food. And it's funny. You go up to the counter, too. You go, you go to the, you go to the, the movie, you go to the movie theater. You buy like fifteen bucks worth of stuff. You bring it, put it on the counter, and the girl looks at you and goes, "Is there anything else I can get for you?" It's like, are you kidding? What the hell else could you possibly give me? I'm here by, you know, I'm here by myself because I don't want to wait for people. I've got two, I've got two bags full of chocolate garbage and like a full size diet coke. As honestly, you shouldn't be giving me anything else. Okay, I have to, I would have to put. You know, my purchase on a fucking mortgage. Stuff is so expensive at the movie theater. But hey, it's their country. They can do what they want with it. But I was okay. But I ended up going into the movie theater, and I thought I was sitting in the back, and then right about as the trailers start to begin, a dude walks up to me and goes, yo, you were in our seat. And I was like... Then I realized that I didn't purchase the one all the way in the back. I wasn't paying attention to which side the screen was on. I ended up actually purchasing the one that was at the very front. So I had to sit in that angle where you're kind of looking up, um, which I actually don't mind that angle at all. I don't mind sitting up that close to a movie theater. I don't know what everybody's problem is. You're just going to lean back and watch the movie. Plus, these are these seats are recliners, too, so I didn't give a shit. So I, it was fine, but it was one of those things where if you are purchasing, purchasing your seats online, just make sure what you're doing. Make sure you're paying attention to where the stage actually is, where you think you're buying like a front row seat, but you're actually going to be up in the mezzanines with the peasants. So just keep that in mind when you're buying tickets. But four out of five stars for 1917, which was the second to last year of the of World War One, and uh, yeah, go check that out. Who are the actors in that? Dean Charles Chapman and George McKay and Daniel Mays. Also, who else is in that? Some, uh, yeah. Well, the other then there's a couple of heavy hitters. And oh, you know what? Why not? I'm on IMDb. Why don't I look them up? Let's see. Who are the other guys? Colin Firth. He's in the beginning. Uh, who else? Jeez, they don't freaking... Okay, guess we're not going to show them. Billy Postlewaite? Is he the son of Pete Postlewaite? No. Anyways, so yeah, 1970, go and check that out. Anyways, uh, let's see. What are we at, 32 minutes? Ah, fuck it, let's keep going. Veggie ch- No, gym etiquette. I want to do that, gym etiquette. So let's pop through this really quick, and then we'll close up shop. Gym etiquette, all right. Everybody knows it. New year, new me, blah, blah, blah. You go to the gym. There's like 42 more people there during the, the normal workout period that you go. 
And then by about February or March, most of them collapse or die or fall off their diet or just start procrastinating, and you never see them again. And it's back to normal. All the gym for me like normal. But if you are going to stick it out and you are a newbie, here's some rules that I agree with. Put everything back where it belongs. I see 45s and kettlebells and stretchy ropes always strewn about the place. Can't you put that shit back where it belongs? It's just fucking annoying because I'm going to trip over it. It's one more thing I have to do. I lean over to get something. I hit my head on something else. It only makes me more annoyed. So do me a favor. Just get rid of it. Go put it back where it's supposed to be. Hugging the equipment. Normally that only happens if you're doing like double, like supersets or triple sets. If you obviously, if you have a, if you have a rack or you have something, you have your gear on it or next to it, that's it. It's off limits. Somebody asks you how long you're going to be using it. It's like, that's mine. Okay, I'm, I'm on it. I just got started. I've got three more sets. But please don't, if you don't hover around, don't hover around me when I'm working out. I don't even like to talk to people when I'm working out because I don't want to bother them. If you want to come say hi to me, just make sure you have my eyes. Like, see me? I see you? Okay, let's chat. Or quietly tap me on my shoulder. But when I'm about to, like, you know, squat or something, just keep, make sure you wait for that opportune moment. If I'm getting hyped up to do a set, also, getting hyped up to do a set is important. You don't want to break somebody's concentration when they're getting hyped up. You'll know. They're staring down at the weight or they're moving them around or they're getting underneath it. You can wait. Wait till it's done. Don't be in their eyesight. It's easy distraction. Just do whatever you can to stay out of everybody's fucking way, especially those real, the, the, the real chick uh, weightlifters, the ones that are constantly squatting. Those ones, stay out of their way. Okay? They're there to actually work out. But the dudes that wear, like, you know, the... The specialty shirts that say like anti-social lifting club or headphones on, sound up, world off. Like, dude, who the fuck are you kidding? Shut up. You're just here to work out. Be quiet. All right. We can tell how serious you are by either your injection points or how jacked you are. So do me a favor. Just wear just wear your workout gear and get on with it. Hog, so, But as far as hogging the equipment... If you do, if somebody does come up on your second machine that you're working on, I generally just let them have it. I generally just let them have the second one. The primary one, though, don't don't play with that. You don't touch where I'm primarily lifting. But the second one, if you're doing supersets, if you're going to be doing a lot of, if you do a lot of like cycling through sets, go early or when it's when there's not a lot of people around. Make the effort. Don't hog the equipment. Make the effort to go early so that you have access to whatever you need. Or later, depending upon your your schedule. Uh, as far as wiping things down, I don't sweat a lot when I'm at the gym. You don't really when you're... I don't, okay? Maybe I'm not working out hard enough. I don't know what to tell you. But if you are sweating, wipe things down, okay? Not with your towel. Go get the little sanitary napkins and shit. Go and wipe that down. Planet Fitness doesn't count. You don't sweat there. Uh, respect personal space. Like I said, don't get in people's shit. Don't stand behind me when I'm working out, Okay? Uh, flexible with your routine. I already talked about that. When the gym is crowded, you're gonna have to make uh, you're gonna have to make some uh compromise, or you're gonna have to move to a different set or a different thing or a different machine or do whatever. Because sometimes it's just not your day because there's a shitload of people there. Other people got to work out too. You know. So I I the idea of when you go to the gym, it's important to just if you are a newbie at the gym, don't be intimidated. Pick your workout plan. Start with a lot of stretching. Work with some light weights. Get to the machines because the machines are usually open and you can mix and match the weights that are appropriate to your strength and conditioning. Start there. You start on the machines. Once you get off the machines, you can get you can start getting into more of the free weights because you'll be able to go up much more in weight. And then from there, you'll have it, it. It's about gaining respect. You gain enough respect, you can kind of go where you want in the gym. Okay. Uh, let's see, for your own good, following the guidelines to make the gym and gym, bringing your own towel. I don't bring my own towel because they have plenty of workout, you know, you know, wipey down things. Claiming your space, if you have a bag or you have a cell phone, be careful with your place your cell phone. I don't like leaving your cell Don't put your cell phone on the ground. Please, don't put your cell phone on the ground. Put your cell phone on the seat, up on the, up, up on the phone rack where the machine is, or, le- or bring your jig ba- gym bag, put it in the gym bag. Otherwise, I guarantee you, you're going to drop a weight, you're going to roll something over, and it's going to land right on your phone. And that's all she wrote. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Planning your workouts. Planning your workouts isn't actually a bad way to get started. 
Um, if you need a personal trainer, you can do that. If you have a certain goal, depending if you want to be a power lifter, you want to be a physique or a bodybuilding athlete, uh, you'll have to plan for that type of body. Cause he, or if you're going to be a cyclist, you have to plan for that type of body. Same thing with nutrition-wise. You have to plan for that type of body. Plan for that body. Plan your workout for it. Being mindful of your surroundings. Okay, respect people's time in and out. Because I'm generally in and out. I don't waste my time there. I'm not at the gym for two hours. I've got other shit I got to be doing. Like like doing a podcast. I was in this morning. I got there around 7.45 because I had to take care of a few snow things. Because we got we got some serious hemorrhage uh, to this morning and overnight. So, But I still got there. I was out by about 9.15. It was perfect. So I was in and out. The one one thing I would actually want to add on to this list as far as workout stuff is the trainers, okay? There are the trainers out there who act like freaking car salesmen. You need to avoid them. They like to ask you a lot of questions, first of all, then they ask you about your gym routine. That's them trying to get into your, in your, into your brain, into your psyche in, t- in order to recommend their workout regimen because they just want to make money off of you. All right, my money is better spent on other things like the grocery store because that's where my true results come through. And then there's the other ones that are just, they're fat and they're out of shape. They wear the ultra tight pants even though they got a fat freaking gut. Those dudes, I, they just, they, you'll see them at some of the smaller gyms. And then there are the ones, they're the ones, the, the dudes who don't know how to use their steroids properly who are also personal trainers and they're ultra aggressive. Those also dudes I, ha- I don't have any time for. So when it comes to personal trainers, there are some good ones. There are ones that I do get along with at my gym that are actually not bad guys. They do a good job for what they're trying to do. Um, but the, it, you'll know when you see them as far as the ones who are just completely, they have no shape to them. They don't represent the routine that they're trying to put, a, put forth towards you. And also just note that personal trainers, there's a whole lot of fucking going on. And there is a whole lot of shit talking going on. So you need to keep that in mind when, if you are to consider one. That you have one who is going to ha- put your needs ahead of theirs. And is going to keep their mouth shut when it comes to your regiment or the things you try to do or whatnot. That's another thing to consider. So that's one thing you... Those are all the things that I wanted to tell you about. If you're getting ready for this year because when you... Great, you've shown up. That's the first battle is showing up to the gym. That's num- battle number one. And then number two is getting after it, getting those weights in. If you're older, definitely doing your stretching. And yeah, don't be afraid. to. You don't have to. I, there was an incident yesterday where a kid put 225 on the rack and he was about to come down and he didn't put any guards on. He didn't put any clamps on each side of the uh, each side of the, bar, the barbell. And those things were coming off. But he wasn't his his buddy could lift it, but he definitely couldn't. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes just just keep an eye on your fellow gym mates. Sometimes it's not good to watch somebody embarrass themselves because they could seriously hurt themselves. I stopped one girl from seriously hurting herself because she got on the squat rack and she wasn't coming. She went down. She wasn't coming back up. So I gave her a helping hand. Sometimes, but for the most part, don't try to help people out for the most part. Unless they are in complete peril. Great. But don't don't watch them try to work out because then they're gonna see you watching them and they're gonna end up making a mistake. So that was that. What we got? Forty one minutes. That wasn't too bad. I guess that wasn't too bad. I talked about uh, nerding out computer shit for a few minutes. Talked about some movie reviews. I didn't get to any Q and A or ranking veggie chips, but we can definitely get that to Wednesday's podcast, which will be here in a few days. Uh, we talked about gym etiquette. So uh, I guess that's it for today's podcast Sunday leftovers. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Spotify, at least for now. I don't know how they feel about the music that I put on here, but hey, too. Hey, who cares? You can also uh, find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm or Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Also, the coffee tip of the day, Coconut Cream by Thai Kitchen. Go and check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on also for the most of the social medias. You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at positive underscore sarcasm. Shout out to Cafe Dumont French Rose Coffee, and shout out to uh, HP in the Merrimack County uh, Correctional Facility in Bosquin for having me uh, earlier this week to do a showcase on the graduate program. I I appreciate being there. Thank you for having me. Um, 
I look forward to uh, I look forward to your questions and comments on the video. Go to my YouTube channel at po- um, Positive Sarcasm, and you can also check out my my clip channel from the podcast, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. But until then, you can find like I said, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Uh, I already said Stitcher Podcast Act. Tune in Spotify, all of them. You can check them out, all of them. And uh, I guess that's it. So until next time, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. I will talk to you all next. Wednesday? Wednesday. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.